jarring cacophony tells you. You're once again listening to the Power of Three, that Doctor Who podcast of, um, what's the word now? That Doctor Who podcast without portfolio, other than to entertain, to possibly educate and possibly encourage you to do some reading, which would certainly encourage me to do some reading this week. My name's David Steele. I'm joined today by my good friend of many years. It's only that Kenny Smith. Say hello, Kenny. Hello, Kenny. <laughs> the old joke's God bless die. you. How yes, are you? So listeners, I'm very well. Are you okay yourself? Very good, thank you. All the better to see you. Yeah, we haven't recorded in what four days, I think, at this point. So it's um, it's it's been strange withdrawal. Anyway, listeners, today we're discussing another Tenth Doctor book that was published in 2009 during DT's year of of honour, his lap of honour. And sadly, time is against us at this point because I've not actually been able to read today's book. I can only apologise to the author because I'm a big fan of him and his, and his stuff, which is a shame because I'm a big fan of, of the author of, of today's book, especially a lot of his first Doctor stuff for Big Finish. But Kenny, yes, do you want to tell everyone what book we're reading today or you read today and, and who it's by? Yes, well, I have read this book. I have to say I flew through it. Here's a clue, listeners. <laughs> That's the most Kenny Smith thing ever. <laughs> oh, no, I think the most Kenny Smith thing ever was yesterday in the Judgment of the Jadun, where I got a special yeah. guest to was that, come in. Was that yesterday's? That, that was just yesterday, yesterday, yeah, with Commander Rockma. Of course. Yes. Listeners, once again, we'll, we'll mention that we're recording these episodes out of order, timey-wimey, etc. So uh, what's that line of Baldrick's? I'm so confused, I don't know who I am or what my name is. <laughs> When did we record the Jadun one? Was that last week? That was last week. Was. That was a week ago tonight. Still, we're still haven't told the listeners, although they've seen it in the show notes and the listening. But now, which book are we doing? To, are we talking about today, Kenneth? Well, Dave, we're talking about the Slovene Excursion by Simon Guerrier, yes. who we of course met at Novel Experiences. Yes, he was sat next to Johnny Morris, and I, because I hadn't read, <laughs> digging myself into a big hole here, because I hadn't actually read any of Simon's Doctor Who books at that point and I still haven't. I didn't take anything with me to get signed, but I did speak to him. We did have a nice chat about Johnny's new role as, as a, as a counsellor and stuff. I have to say, Simon's responsible for some of my favourite Big Finish stuff. He, a few years ago now, he did a trilogy featuring Peter Purvis and, is it Tom Hardy? Tom that Allen. No, no. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> Tom wish. Hardy. Big Finish Johnny. wish. Tom Allen. Yes. When Tom played a new sort of first Doctor companion called Oliver, and those stories were phenomenal, quite frankly. And Simon's also responsible for the the Sarah Kingdom. Sarah Kingdom now living in Ely as a ghost companion chronicles. They're phenomenal. And he's done all sorts of other stuff. He's one of these people who is really, really respectful of the the early days. And he, obviously, he has a book out at the moment about David Whitaker. He wrote a fantastic black archive about Evil of the Daleks and how much how easy and how difficult it is to actually have a sense of what Evil Daleks is actually like, given that we can only watch episode two. So I have a lot of time for Simon. And Simon, if you're listening, I apologise, but I will read the Slovene excursion as soon as I possibly can. So without any further ado, shall I tell everyone the back cover blurb? I think that sounds like a great idea, Dave. Hit me with your rhythm scene, but you've got to do it with the voice of a Slovene. No. What's the voice of a Slovene? Someone who's slightly overweight. Yes, you've got to make them slightly more jolly. No, I'm not doing Maybe, maybe if we've time, listeners, we'll get a photograph of Kenny and I. We'll photo, Photoshop some steps into our foreheads. Possibly not. Maybe we'll get Will Brooks to do it. Anyway, right, the back cover blurb reads, 1500 BC, King Actius and his subjects live in mortal fear of the awesome gods who have come to visit their kingdom in ancient Greece. 
except the Doctor, visiting with university student June, knows they're not gods at all. They're aliens. For the aliens, it's the perfect holiday. They get to tour sites of a primitive planet and even take part in local customs, like gladiatorial games or hunting down and killing humans who won't be missed. With June's enthusiastic help, the Doctor soon meets the travel agents behind this deadly package holiday company. His old enemies, the Slovene. But can he bring the Slovene excursion to an end without endangering more lives? And how are events in ancient Greece linked to a modern-day alien plot to destroy what's left of the Parthenon? Doctor Who featuring the Doctor is played by David Tennant in the hit series from BBC Television. So, Kenny, did you read this one when it was first out? I did. Absolutely did. It was, you know, it was these ones, these were the days where you could pop into your, as I've mentioned, perhaps in the future I'll mention this, pop into your local supermarket and they had these books on the shelves in the book section. And if you're lucky, you might even get a couple of quid off them or get like three, all three of them for a tenner rather than six ninety nine each. They always had good offers yep. on in Sainsbury's. And yeah, I picked them up and that, these were always a good read because you can pretty much do them in a couple of hours. Oh, well, at least I can at my reading speed. And, you know, mm-hmm. put that time aside. And particularly this was a time when, when these came out, Katie was still really small and she'd be in her bed by seven o'clock and Jen would be quite exhausted. She'd be asleep probably by about nine. So I could just sit and read, read these quite easily till 11 o'clock and get my fix and do a book in the evening yeah. and really enjoyed. So what are your thoughts on the Slovene? Well, I knew it. I've been thinking about this in advance and it's one of these things. Do you remember the, the night Christopher Eccles was on Jonathan Ross prior to the new series starting and they showed a big long extended clips montage? Do you remember that? Yes. And one of the clips was the doctor saying, would you mind not farting while I'm trying to save the world? Or whatever it was. And I remember being a bit... And it's one of these... I still think they're a bit... It's a bit, you know, the whole... I think the stuff in World War Three and Aliens of London, it made me a little bit... Mm, I mean, it's funny. You've got to entertain the kids and all that. It's a bit... I mean, I, I say, I'm saying it's a bit lowbrow. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a highbrow in my, my sense of humour at all. But I found them a bit... But they've been... You know, the story in Boomtown was with um with Margaret was was marvelous, and then of course they did some really really good stuff with them in the Sarah Jane Adventures, so they kind of grew on me a little bit. Interesting, because I think that there's an awful lot more to them, and that's what Simon has taken. He's taken that okay without the like the TV zip gags and the fart gags. Simon's dispensed with that, and he's gone back to the basics here and looked at them as the fact that they are intergalactic gangsters playing sure. up in that part. And here we've got them, as you read out there in the back page of the book or the back cover, here they're making money off of alien holidaymakers by taking them back in time to ancient Greece. And mm-hmm. it's so well realised because it mean, for the first hundred pages, I think it's like page 98 before the Slovene are first revealed, because there's oh, a really? lot of build up we get you know, we get to meet what other things that are, see other things that are going on. But I'm sure it's around uh-huh. page. Nine, oh, there we go. Ninety six, I think, is the first. Oh no, there we go. Right. But it's, yes, just before page one hundred, before Slovene first appear, uh, which I think is great because obviously you're looking forward to seeing them. And then there you go. Page ninety four is the first appearance. So, and they've all got individual characteristics again. Uh, there's like Cosmo, who the Doctor sort of tricks initially, and they've all, right. got, they've all there's an awful lot going on. They've all got their different plots and different roles within the business and right. uh, that's really entertaining I mean for me it's it's the other thing is that this book is really really funny it's so fast paced and really really amusing this, like, the, I mean the jokes that are in there 
there's some, there's some dark humour, but there's also some observations about package holidays. And right. having done a lot of package holidays, in sort of particularly around the time this book, we started doing them just after this book came out, and you uh-huh. know it was quite entertaining. Sort of like you know when you're taken to see the different sites, and everything's sure. arranged. And here, of course, things start going wrong for the at least they're not going the way that the Celine planned them to do. And we've actually got right. the Doctor interfering, and the tourists love the changes, the way that the Doctor's changed things so that fights don't quite go the way that they're planned. And at one okay. point they've got uh, a gladiatorial duel, as the as you mentioned earlier again in the cover, and it's got like, mm-hmm. some people dressed up as aliens, and it's got the humans you know, using, but you know they're using really advanced weapons, and the and the aliens are defending themselves with rubbish weapons, so they're getting right. killed okay. and slaughtered. But then the doctors, the doctor right. interferes, of course, and things turn around, and it ends up that the Slavine have got the Slavine. At least I didn't say Slikine like Jackie Tyler, and they've got to teleport in a plate full of, you know, like a table full of cakes and sandwiches to appease the tourists. It's right. really, really funny. And then, of course, things do, of course, go wrong. But it's wonderful because, I mean, honestly, the pace of this book is absolutely TV series. There's not a wasted page. There's something in every single page that advances the plot. And I'm so glad yeah. that... Uh, in fact, I don't think this book actually got a cut-down uh, version for a for an audiobook. I think it was pretty much all... This was a full reading. In fact, yes, they were. After right. Prison of the Daleks, they were all full readings. And this one's very right. much... It would have been a, a difficult one to do because there's just so much going on. Uh, interesting right. guest character in this, June the student, who's interested in her history. Yeah, I was going to ask you, tell, tell us about June. Yeah, June's an interesting one because she's keen to be there and see what's going on. And she befriends an alien, uh, Jacalian. And you do think there's a bit of a will they, won't they kind of relationship going on in there. And right. um, I mean, she's entertaining, but she's, I don't think she's long term companion material. She'd definitely be a. You know, like a two or three trip girl, and then you think that's her done. She'd be quite happy to go back to her studies. But uh, yeah, she's she's interesting. I mean, I'm in terms of who was playing her, I was picturing a sort of a Sarah uh, Michelle Geller sort. That's in my mind something like that, or even um, a, a, an Ingrid Oliver sort with glasses. Right, okay. Um, but you're right. sort of studious and uh, an inter- also fun. It's an interesting sort of thing that we've you know we sort of found good. Again, we'll say once again, timey wimey. We're recording this um, all, most of these episodes incredibly out of order. We've recorded some of the ones already, but I haven't. Paradox- some of the episodes that are yet to come out, paradoxically, listeners, I have read them and we've already done the episodes. It's an interesting sort of thing. These sort of surrogate companions are all through the books in two thousand and nine. They're all they're all of a type, of a way. You know, young women essentially. It's been interesting that they kind of mix it up a bit. I, I think. I'm not sure if that was dictated or if it was just, you know, the author's individual preference. We'll have to, we'll have to maybe ask one of them at some point. Shall we move on? Shall we just turn to Simon now? Shall I we think see? we should. Well, over to you and Simon then. Hello, I am Simon Geria, and I am the author of Doctor Who and the Slovene Excursion. So what do you remember about getting the commission for this one? It must have been really exciting getting new series Doctor to play with. Yeah, so I'd um, I'd already written one. I'd already written the Pirate Loop, and Justin Richards, who's the big cheese, the big chief at uh, BBC Books, got in touch, and basically said we wanted to do another one. He it was going to be three books, each with a TV monster in them. The kind of uh, 
I think Justin's email to me was, no, you can't have the Daleks or the Cybermen. He may have assigned me the Slovene straight away. I'm pretty sure he did. I don't remember having any choice over any of that. And he wanted... I'd said somewhere, either to him in person or in an interview or something, that I really liked Aliens of London. I just thought it was a terrific script and managed to be funny and harrowing and exciting. And and that scene with the space pig, the first thing that they they shot in recording uh, Doctor Who, manages to it within like a minute and a half manages to be something funny and scary and sad and that whole mix of emotions all very very quickly and stuff and and just is really compelling and really memorable and um and i think that's where justin came from he was kind of like i want to do a slithine story and he also wanted it set in the past so that it would be different from other Slovene things and also his other plans for what those three books would be and then the other thing was that it didn't have a companion because it was going to be set in the in the the specials run of 2009 so um it was quite that meant that it was actually quite what's the word it was quite a a, a, a structured brief as it was there, there you know there wasn't a, a great deal of room for maneuver really and i fairly quickly identified a a kind of set, a past setting where the slithine could wander around without it being an issue and i i think i'd had that idea of monsters in ancient in the ancient world before i think i might have pitched something to big finish in which the doctor would go to ancient egypt and the the hieroglyphic representations of people with animal heads is what they'd find was kind of that that so so I think I think I might have suggested ancient Egypt to him for the Slovene to begin with, and then in the usual back and forth, we had some ideas. My original idea was to begin the story in the Houses of Parliament in the present day, and the companion character would be on a school trip, on a sixth form school trip, or college trip to the Houses of Parliament and would see the Slovene trying to affect Parliament and trying to affect a vote. And then my idea was that you'd sit, you'd kind of have, it'd be contemporary and relevant because it would be about how decisions are made in the modern world and how and how democracy works. And then what you discover is that the Slovene had a kind of longer plan and that linked back to what they were doing in ancient Greece, which was where democracy, as we understand it, kind of, originated that was so that was kind of where i was coming from and it all felt a bit worthy and too much like a school trip so justin and i kind of knocked it back and forth between us a bit uh, until we came up with the, the plot as is i'd imagine that this involved having to watch aliens of london world war three read the steve Colbert monsters inside and also watch the Sarah Jane adventures as well, just to get all the praxicorical fallopatorian information that you could. Yeah, so I'd, I I did that. I also spoke to the writers. So I spoke to Russell. I asked him a few questions. I think I asked Russell, there's a bit in 
Boomtown, where Margaret Slovene talks about going hunting. So I asked Russell what he envisaged that kind of hunting to be. Would it be like, you know, would they be basically be wearing red jackets and riding horses and having a pack of dogs? Or would it be more savage and, uh, uh, you know, do they go out and tear things apart themselves? Or what, what kind of that sort of thing was? Because that was originally going to be part of it. There was going to be a hunt in it. I went round for lunch to see Rupert Late, who wrote The Gift for the, the Sarah Jane Adventures, which, by coincidence, I've just watched with my seven-year-old daughter because she was given Trevor Baxendale's reading book as her school and came but running back and went, look, this is a bit like Doctor Who. So I spoke to him. I, I think I spoke to Gareth Roberts about it as well, because he'd written. So basically I took to anybody who'd written them, kind of trying to get a sense of the lore I hadn't seen, if that makes sense. And what and those kind of, because obviously Russell had chatted to those other writers about Slithine, the Slithine world and, and what their their kind of planet was like. So I just wanted to make sure I'd got that consistent. So I kind of had an idea for that. I was really struck by Russell's description of them as being like giant babies and wide-eyed and stuff. And that, that they're actually quite childlike and amoral rather than innocent, which I found I found really useful and capable of really despicable things. And what I really got a hook on was actually an old college friend of mine was on Facebook, which I was on at the time. And she was really nice and really, she was always just just a really nice person. And I just had this kind of thing of, I had this thing of, I can make it about, I, I can take something of her sort of um, enthusiastic and kindly personality and I can twist that and make her evil and then she can be a slithing and once I'd got that I kind of so it was like my friend my old college friend Manpreet I'm going to turn her into a monster and once I had that I kind of sort of everything followed and she was you know she was very hard working very fastidious and very you know everything to admire in a person and I just twisted her for my own awful amusement really she had said nice things about the pirate loop so I kind of you know rewarded her by turning her into a monster and does she know this yes yeah I sent her a copy and stuff and we chatted about it I, I, I think it was you know I think she thought it was fun we did chat about it and stuff but I do that a, a fair bit of turning people into monsters or stuff just to give me a, a, a beginning of a hook yeah, it was it was an odd one. I also spoke to um, I spoke to Gary Russell about it, and he suggested what became the Cutty Sark, and just the idea that the Slovene hadn't done their homework, so that I didn't have to because I was trying to get the history right, and Gary just said the Slovene wouldn't bother, so you could have fun with that, and that was a really good note, the sort of the the sort of uh, incongruities of it. Yeah, so it all kind of went into the into the mix really. Yeah, and the thing that I particularly enjoyed about this was the fact that the obvious things that people tend to think about with Slidine are skin suits and farting. But here, as you said, you've got them walking around and you're actually sort of building on them and showing that there's a lot more to them than than just the, the initial thoughts. 
And obviously that's yeah, your research I, has played into that. I have a feeling that came from Justin. I have a feeling Justin said, we, th- we feel we've done skin suits and farting enough now. Um, that joke's been done. Can you kind of, can you come up with something else? I think also he didn't want them giggly. He wanted to show, Justin wanted to show a slightly more sinister side of them. And, uh, you know, so again, I kind of followed his lead on that. I think the fact that we get to see them, so you're playing up with the, the fact they like money and the financial side of things. So I think that made, that was that element that's perhaps sometimes forgotten about and the profiteering, which I think was great to have that element brought back. Yeah, so I was, you know, that I really picked up on that in World War Three, and I was just like, what, what can I give them in the in the past that makes them, you know, that makes them money? What, how can how can they use history as a business? So one thought was to do antique dealing and you know that kind of stuff, and then the tourism thing just entertained me because that that way I could have other aliens and other beings in. And that just and I and I felt having been a tourist in Greece, I knew kind of that was something I could draw from. So yeah, it gave me a way in really. I'd imagine that the classical setting was something that you'd have been very familiar with, given your background and the the, the research you like to do and your knowledge of the historical classics. Yeah, well, it actually all came from my wife. Her her PhD was on ancient Greece and stuff. So so I. I took some of that. I also took from the fact that she had done a, a degree course at Birmingham and Scott Hancock, who's now a script editor on Doctor Who on TV, had done the same course years later. And I first met Scott just as he was finishing that course. And amongst the things that got discussed between him and Debbie, my my wife, was that they'd been taught by a, a, a guy called Ken Dowden who'd written a book about the sort of ancient Greek world. So I read that book and drew bits of kind of the, the what I was thinking about mythology and the age of heroes and, and, and whatever. What I think I'd, I already identified as a place for a, a Doctor Who story was this idea that there's a, a period at which Greek mythology changes and it goes from being stories about gods and monsters to being stories about men basically humans and it's usually referred to as the age of heroes and i think i pitched the book as being called the age of heroes um but justin wanted slovene in the title and that was kind that kind of gave me a thing of going a bit like beowulf kind of going these are you know all of these monsters no longer exist and it's a story it's a heroic story told on the cusp of mythology and stuff. Uh, you get a similar thing in Cressida Cowell's How to Train Your Dragon, that, you know, this is a story told by somebody who's old, but when he was a child, there were dragons. That kind of same idea. So, yeah, that was kind of what I was trying to draw on. And then, and also it hadn't been done on TV. Um, they'd done ancient Rome, but they hadn't done Greece. And I was kind of thinking about the legends that I knew about. So... And one of the things that had really got me as a kid was the idea that the Noah figure in in the Bible, in the biblical stories, there's a sort of classical, historical version of, or, or, or somehow, you know, there, there's some element of the story that comes from different sources. So I was kind of like, you know, maybe I could have the Doctor meet Noah 
but it's not the Noah from the biblical stories. It's the Noah that's Deucalion from the, you know, the the, the ancient Greek the, the texts and stuff. That that was kind of where I was going. What can I draw on to make it a bit more interesting? I think, to be honest, that got lost a bit in the mix somewhere. I never found a way for the Doctor to go, oh, I've met Noah and I've been on the Ark. That didn't feel trite, so I kind of left it more implicit rather than spelling it out. I've not met anybody who went, oh, I saw see what you did. Okay, I've, I've t- it flew over my head that I hadn't picked up on, but I'm now tempted to go and find it now just to to get all these moments so oh damn you Simon damn you taking up more of my reading time but yeah I think the thing that struck me was that it sounds to me that you do have some experience of having package holidays at some point in your life and done tourism things yeah yeah yeah. and I've done you know I've done island hopping and I've done make your own holiday kind of stuff so I'd also observed package holidayers you know having gone out with my wife who's a He's a classicist and knows the material and knows what she's looking for and also speaks a bit of Greek and, you know, so can order things at the bar and stuff. And watching these package holidays where they're they're kind of guided and rather dependent on their guides. But what if the guides don't really know what they're talking about or what if the guides are facing them or that was kind of what was going through my head. And and I'd been on a trip or I'd been on a few trips where we'd gone on something organised but ducked out of it and gone off to see the bits that basically my wife wanted to go and see. And th- those were the kind of... I was kind of thinking, you know, that's what the doctor would do. And in, ter- and in some ways, I was taking my cue from Edge of the Damned as well, which was, I think, in terms of... Uh, certainly the early part of Voyage of the Damned was a big influence on Slovene Excursion and my thinking about what it would be like because I knew that my book would be a special episode but I didn't know what those special episodes were going to be when I was commissioned I don't think they shared very much I th- I think I basically had what had been announced in the press about Planet of the Dead and Waters of Mars which was very little, very little so I was just kind of thinking it's going to be on a bigger budget they're going to have some guest stars you know that kind of th- that's kind of where I was trying to think you know I need to write a companion who could be played by somebody off the telly it, th- those those were the kind of things I was trying to think of did you have anyone in mind if I did I can't remember <laughs> or June yeah I think so I named her after my mother-in-law because I thought that would be fun for her because she liked Doctor Who and she liked David mm-hmm. Tennant so you know that was fun and I kind of had a few people in my head as I was writing her. So she was a, there was a bit of my wife in there. There was a bit of um, some old school friends and stuff. Because I was kind of thinking part of the reason I chose my mate from sixth form was I was trying to get my head in being a sixth former again. And the school, you know, the college trips we'd gone on when I was at 17, 18. So, so it, was, it was all trying to get myself back in that mindset. But yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure I had anyone in particular in mind, acting-wise. But I was kind of thinking, with, especially with the monsters and the aliens and the, you know, and Ducalion and stuff. I need to write a part that they could give to somebody well known. You know, whether it was, I don't know who I had in mind with Ducalion. I'm not sure. So you know, somebody of the equivalent. Like now, I kind of go 
this is apart from that berry you know that's that's the sort of thing or, or yeah. um, Nick Frost or you know somebody who's not traditionally a heroic character and but but that would you know you could subvent uh, subvert some expectations and stuff but those are the kind of things that I was thinking of how did you find writing for the Tenth Doctor? Obviously, you had experience of doing the pirate loop, so did that sort of make it easier for you? Because yeah, I think he's one of the most recognisable voices of all the Doctors. Yeah, I found when I wrote the pirate loop, I found it quite hard to get my head around him. And what I did was buy Made of Steel, the Terence Dix Easy Reads book, which had just come out, partly because it had Martha in it, who. I'd not seen on telly because she hadn't been on yet, but I had to write a book about her. So I was hoping I could, you know, what did Terence have that I could steal? And he referred to David Tennant as the skinny geek and that he had long fingers that when he's typing, you know, and whatever. And I was like, oh, that gives me a really good cue. And then um, he was noticing how much he talks, how much dialogue David Tennant has, which he rattles through. So, yeah, so just trying to, trying to match that and get that in my voice get that in his voice and once you've got his voice once you've got that in your head it's almost like once you can do an impression of him in your head things follow what was harder was that the story's told from june's perspective and i needed to know who she was it took me a while to get her head right to get her voice and her sort of worldview in in my head and part of the issue there was I was trying to make her not the same as other companions and especially not the same as any of the Tenth Doctor's companions so what would she see in him that would be different and, and those kind of things my main my main rem- memory is that I wrote it pretty quickly, I'm trying to remember what else I had on at the time but it needed writing fairly quickly and I kept putting it off because I found that start difficult I, I made so many false starts that actually i i ended up writing a draft very quickly like working through the night and things like that which i was you know i was hoping that what that would do is, is give it um a bit of pace and energy and stuff and it's a funny thing because you just got to rattle through it really but there are there are lots of odd things in it which i think are part of the uh what's the word the result of it having been written very quickly and I, th- I think part of that is that I knew a part of my difficulty was I knew I hadn't quite got the plot right and I hadn't quite got the structure of it right but I didn't have time to or, uh, you know and it was it was I was kind of stuck on those things but the thing needed to be written because the deadline was looming so that's in, in retrospect that's what I kind of remember that it was it wasn't nearly as easy as the pirate loop which just flew I came up with the idea I pitched it and I wrote it in about two weeks and just handed it in and it was fine the Slovene excursion the Slovene excursion I think you can tell if you read the two that I found the Slovene excursion harder hmm interesting you mentioned uh, finding voices there what did you think of the talking book version the Debbie Chaser one. Oh, I loved it I loved it and with the pirate loop the pirate loop audiobook is half as long as the novel so the amazing steve tribe had to cut every other word which in a twisty time traveling plot was really hard to do but he just cut particular subplots and managed to cut down some sentences so that they weren't quite as long and things but but generally he just took out uh, one or two subplots 
so it's invisible. It's an amazing edit. With Selene Excursion, you get the whole thing. I have a feeling that Davy Darlington recorded it, I think, because I had some conversation with him about... I'm pretty sure I had some conversation with him about some pronunciations and things. But I didn't meet Debbie Chazen until a good year after this came out. But she's brilliant and perfect for it. And got the kind of humour I was going for and, and just gave it some energy and stuff. You know, yeah, I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. So how do you look back on the whole Sladeen excursion now? Was it a, a happy trip, as it were? Yeah, I think, you know, as I say, I struggled with it more than... I think I struggled with it more than the pirate loop, definitely. And I was writing... So I was writing the Primeval book at the same time. That's what that's what I was working on. I was doing the two at the same time. And the Primeval book... The Primeval book changed cast after I'd been commissioned. So I was originally supposed to write for the season two cast and then things changed and I was writing for uh, Jason Fleming and that involved going back and reworking the plot but it also I'd already started work and so it just took up more time and I think Slovene Excursion got squeezed as a result of that not because I didn't have basically I spent less thinking time working out the intricacies of the plot and, and that's not just you do that when you submit the novel as a as an outline and you work you know you work out a sketch outline of the of the all the beats of the plot then but also in the writing of it you spend a lot of time not actually typing but just figuring it all out in your head and all the intricacies and things and i think the problem with the slovene excursion is i didn't do as much of that and i think you can see it in what ended up well i feel it that's evident in what's on the page so yeah, I'm generally happy with it. I just, I think I could have done a better job on it. And it's not quite as, um, I mean, the pirate loop I'm really proud of and really like. And the Slovene excursion, I just feel I didn't quite, I d- didn't quite meet that standard. Oh, I really enjoyed it for what it's worth. So, so there oh, you well, go. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's got some, you know, it's got some good gags and some good action bits and stuff. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, of the two, I don't think it's quite as good. Oh, well, it's been a joy taking this little excursion down memory lane. So thank you so much for your time, Simon. My pleasure. And thank you, Kenny. And thank you, Simon. Marvellous. I feel really bad about not having read this. Not time, but, you know, I've read, yeah. any conversation listeners, I've read about 10 Doctor Who books in the last four or five weeks <laughs> just to, to make these episodes a bit a bit more interesting so you know i have i have committed my to read the next few so hopefully they'll be a, a bit better from that point of view but um damn your work yeah and you know it's and it's nice to hear from simon about all the research he did and all these preparation beforehand it's 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 nice to have a, a little peek behind the curtain once again kenny's infinite address book comes <laughs> into play it's not bad uh, it's dimensionally transcendental we should we should rename this podcast Kenny Smith's Infinite Address Book. <laughs> no, because um, I wouldn't want my name in the title. That's that's not me. I think it's oh, a the, routine the, thing. The, it's our the thing. Infinite. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, it's fab. And uh, would you like to know what Matt and Michael, our pal, had to say about this in Doctor Who magazine issue 408? Well, yes, I think I, we'd love to. Absolutely. Okay. He says, despite their pivotal role, 
this isn't a typical Slitheen story. The normal human disguises and deviousness are missing, and instead Gurrier emphasises their hunter instinct and their thrill in the chase. Which is all well and good, but a Slitheen without farts is like, well, a whoopee cushion without farts. A bit flat. Rather better is June, who is as resourceful and brave and morally indignant as Donna, but who makes a mistake that means maybe she doesn't have the right stuff. She comes good in the end, though, and it wouldn't be surprising if the Doctor takes her on the scenic route home. While a fun read with some superb set pieces, the Slovene excursion would perhaps have benefited from a slightly less frantic pace, and as such, isn't quite as good as Gurrier's previous novel, and that'd be a reference to The Time Travellers. The Time Travellers, which was the comic cover that I posted a couple of days ago on my on my Who Book Comics Instagram, with illustrated by this year issue of 2000 AD, 2000 AD issue 30, listeners, I'll hold that up for the benefit of YouTube viewers. Yeah. Maybe that's one that I'm sure I've got a copy of that because it's a Hartnell story. I should maybe try and read that one then, and we can maybe get Simon back on. Yes, um, so with that sense of the inevitable that I can only describe as considering you're going to have to get a, an ingrown toenail removed or go to the dentist to get a filling or you know, you have to phone up and renew your um, your your home Wi-Fi sort of um, contract. Kenny, what are we playing out with today? Well, Dave, I'm glad you asked me that. I was thinking <laughs> that it's quite nice when you have an excursion, isn't it, and getting away from it all. And, you know, you you took this excursion and had some time to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just one day out of life. It oh, would, be, I think, it would I think, be so nice. I think I see where you're going with this. I would, have, I would have picked Summer Holiday by Cliff Richard, but that's just me. Right, listeners, before we play out with Madonna and, and risk the, the copyright infringement strike from Warner Brothers, I've been David Steele. Please check out the Earth 2 podcast. Kenny is appearing in a couple of episodes at the moment in the same way that actors in the closing credits of a lower low used to appear in West End Farseed in the 80s. Kenny's joining us for a couple of episodes, including our very special Doctor Who 60th anniversary episode, which will be available on the 23rd of November. Kenny, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? I would like to indeed do that and uh, recommend said podcast because it's a lot of fun. Yes, I, I would like to say goodbye to everybody and we'll be back tomorrow with another book but probably not the one ex- you were expecting because we couldn't get hold of David Llewellyn to talk about the taking of Chelsea 4-2-3, sadly. But hopefully we'll get to hear from him in the future. Yes, back for another 10th Doctor solo book tomorrow because, as we know, David Tennant is returning as the Doctor, so we're spending a few days focusing on his adventures. Which ones are going to be? You'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Take care, folks. Be safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>